0: Maxime, he knows he's done it, Gaia.
1: That is tension leaving Maxime's body right now.
0: He is the winner. Maxime Legrave, the Frenchman. He wins the AI Cup. He banks the ticket to Toronto. He is going to the Tour Finals. He does the impossible. He beats Magnus Carlsen into... Matches! Roi des 4 il avance son roi fou F1, il bloque tout et ses roi c'est sept et c'est deux dames et c'est deux dames abandonne lâche ça let's go let's go let's go Maxime let's go le punto ça dégage ça dégage maintenant. All right special podcast episode from Toronto Canada uh, it's the end of the Champions Chess Tour. Unfortunately, <laughs> both of you are eliminated. But we uh, does uh, that does allow us to have a very special guest with us today. We have the Frenchman with three names, Maxime Vachier-Lagrave, joining us. Maxime, welcome to the podcast.
2: Nice to uh, be here. Pleasure
0: to have you on the podcast. I know you I about... have good
2: company on that seat.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yes, we've had some interesting names for sure, um, but uh, obviously you're one of. I think the 7th highest rated player in history, if I'm not mistaken. Um, a very rarefied uh, 2800 club, yeah. for sure. So it's always a pleasure. But it's
2: getting tougher now to, to get in there.
0: It, it's definitely tougher right now, but welcome to the show. Tell us a bit about this uh, tournament. Let's talk. Let's start with that. Championships Tour just finished, well, actually, uh, the semifinals just finished. The finals start today. Tell us a bit about your experience.
2: I mean... The experience in itself was very nice. My play was nothing short of horrifying. Uh, like I've had problems with consistency uh, since COVID in terms of playing well uh, and sometimes very well in tournaments. Actually, winning a few events, like I don't know, but like I think I win the, at the same weight events compared to before COVID. But uh, when I do badly, I don't do average or mediocre. I, I can do shameful, and this time was shameful. Like, and like the result in itself, it can happen. It was a lot of Armageddon losses, but the way it happened, the way some of my games went, so the blunders I was making, the so oversights, it was really not up to my standards
0: i'm actually kind of curious about your opinion both of your opinions on on the format let's start with with you Fabi. uh well, we were asked, interesting format, we were asked right? this yesterday
1: together yeah by uh, by eric out mm-hmm. and um yeah he was just curious because I, I guess they're planning to change most likely change them in next year well they're going to change the like yeah. but maybe also the final stuff
2: it could be and i've actually been asked the same question by michael uh, today um i think the format is nice like it's nice to have a round robin it's nice to have matches because then you don't have draws uh, so this part is good the survival stage i like and i think every tournament like should not with with a playoff it might be a controversial take but like for instance for world rapid and blitz i would very much like to see Top four go to semi final finals. I think that would be a great addition. So, with that in mind, I think the format in itself is great. I do think it was a little bit exhausting for the players uh, because there were so many games. We counted that you could play up to 53 games. Yeah. Uh, in a matter of eight days. So, it's a lot of games.
1: Yeah. The rapid games. They're a, a lot, light- lot of games. Yeah.
2: So like we were actually we were thinking with Fabi that maybe 15 minutes is too slow for for such an amount of games. So maybe 10 or like Michael suggested me maybe today 12 minutes, something like this could.
1: And oh, also the Armageddon could go to 10. Yeah, yeah, 10 yeah Armageddon. Than Every days. game would would go to 10 yeah.
2: basis time. And I think it would work quite well because also like I know there were pauses during podcasts, that were sometimes a bit long, especially for the audience. Yes. So, you know, at the same time, we needed rest between games because uh, it was really... Otherwise, it would have been too too intense. But I do think that chess, chess should tend to be uh, more spectacular, more exhausting for the players, not be like one classical game a day, which is exhausting in itself because, okay, you have all the preparation beforehand, but... Uh, but like, we cannot complain uh, because the classical games, of course, if you were playing six to seven hour game every day, it would be too much. But generally, like average is four hours and some of the games uh, just exhaust themselves after one and a half,
1: two hours. Mm-hmm. And, and some games are quick draws in classical, right? We yeah, saw that in the Sinkfield Cup. Exactly, yeah, some games yeah. are just quick draws. But So you mentioned Michael, that's Michael Brancato. Yes. Like for, for our viewers who don't know, um, because I, I was part of watching the, the Smash, Super Smash scene. So I, I knew about him, but I didn't know his real name. Mm. There was this player, Nintendude. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching him, and then, I, like, a few years ago, I actually met him. And that's the reason why the double elimination format was introduced, because that's, uh. he was, like, part of the organization, and the double elimination has always been the, the standard in Smash tournaments. Mm-hmm. And, and, now they're branching out. So now we have this sort of group stage and, which I think is interesting as well. Like, the, the, you mentioned the four player, um, let's say final. I think there is one issue with that. Like, if we go back to 2019 where you played, you beat Magnus in the Grand Chess Tour. Yeah. Uh, if you look at Magnus's tour points before the fi- the four player final, it was very dominant. He was winning most yeah, of the events. Yeah, that's true. And then he doesn't win the whole thing because, well, because he lost you and
2: then. Uh, that's true. But for instance, in basketball, you had uh, the Warriors in 2016 going uh, crazy 73 and 9, 73 and 9, sorry. Um, and like best season ever. And they lose in the final to, to the Cavs. I mean, nobody complained about that. Also, I think in general, because it would mean that, like, I don't know how to implement it because the Schedule is already very packed as it is, um, but like every round robin event would be like this, and like. But of course, it, it has an issue in event with round robins, that then you're going to play to secure one of the top four spots by the end of the tournament. So like, there are details to be ironed out. Here it works very well because there are no draws basically in the round robin stage, so maybe. If we want to look at the future, maybe that's what we're gonna have to do, like to to find a way to get rid of draws and so on.
1: Yeah, like most likely we can't find a perfectly fair system.
2: For sure not, yeah. But sense.
1: like for example in this tour, Magnus again got like six hundred twenty five points and the next was like three hundred twenty five yeah. or something. And like imagine if I had won two Armageddon games instead of losing them, he would be knocked out and it wouldn't most people would think this doesn't seem very fair like he just managed to lose like he did everything better and then he yeah. lost two Armageddon games and then I understand that it's true but it's part of the uncertainty of, exactly, of yeah. sports and also
2: like it's not like Minus hasn't been on the other side of this like sometimes it would just be very clutch Yeah. yeah at yeah. the right moments.
0: So. I mean the underdog has to have a chance to win as well um, even as and you made a very good point with uh, the Warriors being 70, completely dominant in the regular play. Yeah,
2: and I'm sure that's not the only example. It's just the one example. That but came it's a to good one, mind.
0: right? Because then they got the finals, they were the clear favorites, and then they lost, right? So it can happen and it should happen. It just adds to the excitement of, yeah. of sports in general, and we should have that as in chess as well. And I, I really like the part of the format where everybody's fighting for something, even until the last moment. Like uh, even Hikaru. Exactly. He was yeah. one out of 6-6, Six, Six, yeah. right? And yes. then he still had a great chance. So uh, think, He actually yeah. made it to yeah. uh, the survival team. He, he was even,
1: stage. let's say, a favorite at some point to get to the semifinal. Exactly. yeah, right? yeah. Because he, he's objectively... I mean, it's very close with Notrebeck. Norbeck is super strong. But we would still probably give... The statistical edge if we yeah. had to right?
2: for sure, yeah, maybe not on current form at this tournament, but still in general
0: and this could be an anomaly, right because okay, let's say Lazavic was expected to score somewhere around there, but Alireza having one out of six was kind yeah, of an yeah. anomaly right going into the final it round was an anomaly bit,
2: ones. but the field was very strong, so like of course you have No, alireza was two, two out, out of six, six but with he was me playing Magnus yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with me and Dikau, I mean, we were not really expected to be there, but at the same time, the field was very tough, so, like, it can happen.
1: I mean, someone really strong had to go out at the earliest stage. Yes. Like, okay, everyone expected Dennis to go out at the earliest stage, yeah. with all due respect to him, but still, people kind of expected it. But someone else who was, like, a, a top Yeah, and he put great up great
2: fights, player. but still... Yeah. It was he didn't play, yeah, he
1: didn't play badly at all. He won yeah. a match. He was close in several matches. Yeah. Um, but yeah, someone someone who's a top-tier Grandmaster had to go out. Yes. There was no way around that. Yeah. But there was a... fight. But like, even if top, people
2: yeah. were thinking maybe Nodibek was a favorite to go out, I mean, he's still a super, super strong. Yeah. He's a World Rapid champion. Twenty-seven
1: thirty
0: yeah. 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 or close, whatever, 27-20. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous strength. Yeah, and actually, I, I, I thought going into the semis that he would be a favorite against uh, Wesley. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if Wesley made the right decision um, not to choose you because, I mean, you guys are very, very closely matched and you played a pretty close match against Nodirbek as well.
2: But like in hindsight, so. Wesley was absolutely wise with his choice. Yeah, shots, it was, so.
0: of course, of course. I mean, given the form as well, I would say that it was the wise decision. Um, but again, Nodirbek is no pushover.
1: We were actually talking about this before, also about Wesley specifically, because Wesley has a bad record against Maxim. Yeah. So, like if Maxime had made it to the choice to the semis, good question. Who would have Wesley picked, me or Maxime? Because he's also struggled against me recently. And I think Wesley's one of those players who he really wants to feel good against who he's playing. That's true. Then he can turn it up very, very high. But if not, then he can actually. Yeah, maybe he
2: would have chosen me because specifically I turned around the match in the one Robin stage, maybe.
1: Ah, okay, yeah. Maybe some recent emotions could uh, could yeah. play into that. Yeah, that's true.
0: No, recent emotions for sure. No, that's the thing. I mean, it's a discussion always, and there's always choices, and you know, the, the the audience can also get involved and make predictions, like who's going to choose who and things of that nature. There's always something to fight for, and there's always a discussion. Which I that's think is what important. I
2: liked the most about these formats. Yeah. yeah, like yesterday also was great to watch. Uh, like you know. You always have game with sporting value and you see Wesley going 2-0. He has white the next game. He still loses because, well, games are very short, so mistakes and nerves can get the better of you. We saw really a lot of white losses after going 1-0. Uh, I had one. I think Ali always had one or even maybe two.
1: I definitely had one. Did I have more yes. than one? I don't think so. I definitely lost with Black on Demand. But you lost with White. Um, against Magnus. Yes. But did I have more? I, I can't think of another oh, example. Yeah. No. not on hands. That's no. Just that's, So that's at least four, yeah. Maybe yeah. more.
2: Probably. probably
0: more, yeah. Actually, let's speak about the Armageddon because I think this is another important discussion. Yes. Um, it, it, it's so interesting to see the styles of choices as well. Um, I think Magnus went very low against you. Then he didn't, for the second Armageddon, didn't go Uh, too low against you, and you actually went lower Mm -hmm. in the second Armageddon, why did you do that? I I, I felt like, given the match situation, that you would want to have white once again. You know,
1: I wasn't sure because I thought maybe I was starting to exhaust my opening ideas a bit. Mm, Okay. And yeah, I wasn't sure what he would go for, he was starting to get a bit more solid with his openings, like he was starting to actually play his main stuff. So going for e45 probably to get a Marshall. So I, I wasn't thinking that I would be super confident to play him in the Marshall or anything. But Marshall. you won two games with white, right? I won. Did you win two games? No, uh, you drew the first two games, and then you won with white. In well, yeah, I was winning in two games in the second match. Yes, second match. Yeah. No, in the same line. I mean, I I played him twice in the same line. It was a very successful choice for me. But yeah, Armageddon is tough. I thought that I would be okay with black. Like I I just. I didn't want to get black with like very little time, but I thought... I minutes. think you were okay. Yeah. Just
2: like at some point, uh, probably exhaustion, brain freeze, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I rushed some decisions and, and was also not seeing things. So it was just my form. Like The opening was good at my form in that game. Actually, both Armageddon games. Yeah. My form was not there.
2: Yeah.
0: But again, it's about the choices of how many minutes would you... What would you say is the sweet spot in terms of...
2: I mean, in general, I think pretty much everyone agrees... Within 9 to 10 minutes, like, this was most of the beats. Um, but first of all, well, I mean, for me, it was not very successful in Magadans. Clearly, there's something uh, I hadn't worked on, like, how to play with time advantage, and it's becoming a bit integrant, or time disadvantage if we're back. And so, you know, because... For a while, it was just a random thing that was happening, and like it very rarely had sporting incidents. Although, once it did have a lot for me in this World Cup semi finals. But, um, was this against level? Yeah, Leval, yeah, yeah. Um, but first of all, it was five against four, and by this point, everybody's off like you, it's three weeks' competition already, it's six or seven hours of the tiebreak. I mean, it's just pure nervousness, and yeah. tiredness at this point. Um, I would say even pure luck, basically, like it, it just luck, because I had a great position. Comes down to one move. It's not even nerves at this point. Like you're in automatic mode. But here it's becoming integral. So, so we need to devise a strategy and how to play in this format, uh, like to take it more seriously than before, at least. That's what I think Would I do should implement
0: that in your training, like playing with time advantage? I think we did that at some point in one of the training camps. I think uh, Norway was coming along and yeah, we, did we were looking at some stuff and playing like 10 plus ten against 7. Yeah, moves. I don't think you can really replicate
1: it because it's also so much nerves. Yeah. And when you don't have the nerves, it's just it's like, nerves like a move. Yeah.
2: yeah, but I don't think it's only about the nerves. I think I was playing way too fast. Uh, in these Armageddon games. Like, but do you think
1: this is also a product of nerves, perhaps?
2: I mean, it's product of my play. In general, I play very fast. Uh, should it be in classical, in rapid? I mean, it has evolved. At some point, it was really uh, even more obvious. Um, not to the extent of, say, Jan in classical, who can be crazy. but uh, But it was still pretty obvious that I would generally go to time control with at least 15, 20 minutes left, which is kind of insane. Yeah, that's quite a lot. Mm.
1: (laughs) I very rarely achieve that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And then there's Sasha, who always end up in type trouble.
0: Um, Would you say that's a product of your confidence?
2: That's a product of my uh, playing strategy, basically. So like, I look forward to having the time advantage. I think it's a good thing to have. And as long as it's not at all cost, at the cost of uh, overlooking things in the positions, which did happen to me uh, sometimes, did happen to Jan even more frequently, uh, because he was doing it even a bit more extremely. Like he calmed
1: down, like recently, but like in you course. had a famous game against him. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> like move ten with white. He had lost a piece. I
2: it's not. Ex- it's maybe move fifteen. In classical, yeah, in classical,
1: in sinkfield Cup, oh. and, and like, is, like he, he, right?
2: no, he was playing his preparation. And, you know, it just ends by force in a draw. At some point, he plays one very random move. and But this one just loses by force. Like, it's not a piece, but it's uh, a huge pawn, let's say. Very interesting, very interesting. And he had 1 hour 30 on the clock. And I remember as I played my move, I see him looking over in the restroom. I mean, where you have the to screens and he just is shocked and stays there for like five to 10 minutes. I don't know if you remember that. I just
1: remember him at the board laughing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Then he comes back to the board, he laughs. I was expecting him to resign, but he played
1: on. (laughs) So you have like some tremendous score against him, right? like some very dominant. Seven
2: to one, something like that. Seven to one, yeah, Yeah. very dominant.
1: Like I noticed that you have quite dominant scores against some players. Well, for me, it's like pretty uniform. I'd have pretty. Close scores are obviously against Magnus not a not a good score, but against everyone else like pretty close scores, but it's who else it's also Wesley, right? You have a very good score. Wesley
2: and Dink, in and some Ding sense, is, to yeah, some yeah, extent. Well, yeah. yeah. And I have very bad records against some players. Like Magnus is one. Uh it's not that shameful lately. Because also like in Rapid and Blitz it's a bit closer, but uh, I think it's nine to in classical, I'm not sure. It's not
1: great, but... Yeah, nobody has a good score against him. Well, I guess maybe fishy, but based on like a million yeah. years ago. Uh, or Peter, also based on a million years ago. But yeah, uh, like you tend to have some streaky results against certain players. Yes,
2: that's true. Like I know against Hikaru, i am um,
1: done 0-5 or something. You haven't beaten Hikaru in classical? No. It's about wow. time. How? <laughs> Although he got so much more solid now. <laughs> so much yeah. It's harder
0: these days. <laughs> now he's difficult. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, the shorter time formats, let's stay on that subject a little bit. You are a world champion uh, 2021. Tell us a bit about uh, that moment. Obviously, a world championship title is, is a big deal.
2: It was really a big deal. I probably didn't expect it to be such a big deal. Also, because in 2015, I had a very big opportunity already to win the title. I was like one and half point with four games to to go. I lost uh two games in a row and ended up half a point short and all that left me a very bitter taste uh a bitter i mean after but um yeah then uh also after the first day of blitz i'm i had lost two games in a row at some point, and I was like. Middle of the chasing pack, but nothing huge. I had this huge second days and the tiebreaks. Well, then again, like it's something a bit crazy when you think about it that after all these years, after all these times where we've had tiebreak issues, that we still go down to this three player three players being tied, and you have a tie for two players only. You have a result being left out. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and it was not the first occurrence of this. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, not, because not you so were bad, you know. were on the wrong side of this in the yeah. Rapid. Yeah. I,
1: I was on the wrong side in the Rapid. It was a four-way tie. Magnus was also on the wrong side. Yeah. And Noterbeck and Nepo um, played the, play played the tie break now. match.
2: So, like, this tiebreak issue has been going on for five to ten years,
1: so... So what's the best solution for
2: this? It's very hard to say. Like especially three players tiebreak is not so easy. For players is easy. Like the best I can think of is one of the reasons I want to go playoffs. Like for for players go to playoff because well then of course you still have to
0: incentivize being in no, 2 let's say no. Also
2: you have to figure out a way to. To determine the, the third and fourth spot because sometimes there will be a massive
1: tie yeah imagine three people on, yeah. on like nine but and then a half and but then...
2: what I mean is you get one special day to one day to figure all this out because especially both in rapid and blitz it should be possible to devise a system where you know you you create some knockout matches for players tight. Especially okay. But then you'll time. have like
1: multiple, play- like imagine there's three players on nine and a half in rapid, and then there's like eight, players, eight players, players on two. nine points. Yeah.
2: Well, then eight players on nine points will play a knockout
1: to determine then, the, the spot. And then another knockout with four <laughs> players. <laughs> it's like, tough, but. But this. Uh, especially in rapid, that it's really tough. Isn't there something better
2: than this? There should be. Like it just, it's just pretty random, and I haven't like thought the details. Too much what about at this point.
0: playing, let's say, an extra day? Um, extra day would be
2: necessary for sure.
0: Extra day and just like take the top, I don't know, 12, let's say, no matter what. But again, like, you're we're going to have this we're time, going to choose like, some type what breaks? about 13 to 16, yeah, yeah, you, we're you, going
2: to choose a type. You break. can decide to say top 8 and if you, and you do, you do it very randomly, like, you use good old tiebreaks, because if you finish shared 8th, it's not the same as if you finish shared 1st at the same time. Like, you're left out, but it's... But if so it's 8th place,
1: the same, it ends up winning the whole thing, then it does start to feel <laughs> that way, right?
2: Yeah, but then again... It's the same in like in every sport. Like, you have the, the regular season, and then at the end of the day, you can be tight for the... For some spot, and you don't get in.
1: Mm, mm. i still rather do top four, because at least that feels a bit less random than top eight. Because top eight, you're going to have some tie. People are going to be left out based on random tie breaks. Top four, it's less likely that this will happen.
2: Yeah. But it's not because it's less likely that it won't happen. So,
0: <laughs> so we got lost oh. in the yeah. Yeah, we, we're, we're getting a bit again. lost in this discussion. But, but I think
2: it's a very interesting one, because I do think... It's part of the future of chess. I mean, one Robins or uh, like Swiss tournaments are very nice, but I think it's just extra sweet to have this semi-final and finals at the end. And also like, okay, in Blitz it cannot happen, but in Rapid you can easily imagine a scenario where five players share the first place at the end. And then to have an inclusive tie breaks of all five players is Borderline impossible if it's at the end of uh, a day of long- you'll need another round robin and then to, to yeah but say. remember that in the rapid world championship we play maybe only sh- no we play four games in four, the last four, day. Four, four five four, four five, five, which four, is five, okay four. five five games is absolutely insane but uh, but four games it's like. It lasts at least five hours.
1: You need another day. There's no yeah, other way. Yeah, you to need it, another you know. day. So, keeping on this discussion a bit, do you think that classical chess is going to be phased out somewhat or even completely at some point?
2: I do think so. I, I mean, to some extent, I do like Magnus' suggestion of two games a day.
0: Two, so which like for forty-five time. minutes or something uh, like that. Yeah,
2: like. I thought about it, 45 plus 30 uh, cannot work because you easily have uh, games that last 120 moves. 120 moves, so that's uh, two extra hours. These are
0: anomalies, like 120 move games are anomalies. Yeah, but that's
2: two extra hours, so that's like a game that lasts three hours and 30 minutes. And uh, remember, like 45 plus 30, it's a very fast time control. So then this rook and bishop against rook, you can get there. You will play it out for sure because...
0: So make it 45 plus 15.
2: Something like that. Or one hour and 10 seconds, something like this. It's true that 10 or 15 seconds well, is not the... a lot.
1: Because my worry is, like, I like to lower the time control but keep the increment because the increment ensures that people don't get um, screwed up and completely drawn in completely drawn-in games or just because yeah this I feel so like is 15
2: le- seconds is not enough for instance like what because about 30 you, plus 30? 30 plus 30 yeah but again if you one one game lasts 120 moves and like in a one-robin it's unlikely but uh, um, like in an open it's extremely likely and that's already a three hours game
1: but this is so you'll have two three-hour games like this is still a normal day at the office could be. I mean, we very it, often play six-hour games. It, it works. That no, it works. I guess. I guess you have a break in between that does add, but I I've very often played six, six and a half, no, seven-hour it, games. No, it's true. Sometimes. It
2: could work. Like, And again, I think it's not about the exact details, but uh, the idea of having, you have one white, one black, I don't think you do tie works after that, but you can add it, like if you don't want the players to, to have a draw between each other, but... But then I don't like it so much because then it's an Armageddon with like uh, 30 or 45 minutes best time. It's a bit strange for classical.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't like this super long yeah. Armageddon.
2: So. so you can just decide to do uh, to keep draws f- for that for now. And I think you get a lot more action. I think the opening theory is still very dominant, but at least you can come back and you and you can take more risk. You know, also, it's Not
1: really dominant. Like I'm thinking about like during this event, I really did not prepare. Yeah, just like ge- very general, like deciding my opening. I mean, general opening knowledge is very important. Of course, but like deep preparation almost never happens. In no, the deep
2: preparation games. doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and no, what I mean, yeah, opening preparation is still very important. But you can turn things around, and more importantly, you can take risk in your opening choices. Whereas in classical, it's much more difficult. Like in the six-hour games. Because if you take a risk, you can just get punished very blatantly.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, remember, I mean, even very slight changes make a huge impact. At the American Cup, you just simply don't have the second time control. And a lot of players were, especially Naka, For example, he was playing the Kalashnikov, taking a lot of risks. He, he this generally, play. also Norway chess. I think yes. he just prepared yeah. it and in that
2: and yeah. in Grand yes. Swiss he did against yes. yes. Gazi in the last yes. round,
1: I think.
0: Yes, yes. But again, it, it does feel like even with very, very slight minute um, details being changed, a lot of players will consider taking more risks for sure. So, but again, let's go back to your uh, World Championship uh, title. How did life change for you at that? Point in time because you it, said it was a big deal. It and was, we did not expect it to be such
2: a big deal. Yeah, yeah, we got lost in thought, but <laughs> <laughs> it was really a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, it was on major media outlets. We got with Alireza to meet the prime minister of France, for instance. Ali Reza
0: was already, yeah, yeah, yeah. Federations, oh, for a long time. Switched.
2: Yeah, it was even because he switched federations, I think, even before. He got uh, naturalized as a French citizen, but that was July of 2021. He had played for us brilliantly in the European Team Championship. Yeah,
1: where he got 2800. That's where. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And that tiebreak match I had with um, uh, with uh, Jan Christophe was also extremely interesting, and like for. One of the first time in my life, I mean, not the only one, of course, but I had the feeling that nothing could disturb me during gameplay. And like there were like quite a lot of spectators, but I was not noticing them. And only at the end when there was the applause. You were kind
0: of in the zone, in the flow. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah.
2: in the flow. And I think you can notice it from, from, the, from the shoot
0: uh, footage. Yes, yes. That's actually one thing that I've noticed with you. Even this tournament uh, against Hikaru you always seem very much focused on the game itself. Like, you know, you, you can spot this type of details in all the players that at some point maybe they miss something or at some point they, they get distracted by something. You always seem to be, like, you know, only focused on... It's
2: not always the case. And also sometimes it's just an impression I leave. I tend to keep a very good poker face at the, at the chessboard in general. Like, I reviewed the footage where, like, for instance, the Armageddon game against Wesley where he was like debating, maybe a bit trolling over where to put his queen sometimes. Uh it could be a, just a one move blunder. And I remained completely like unfazed, yeah.
1: I'm terrible at this. Like if I if my opponents want to make a blunder, I have very in blitz, like very often just giving it away.
2: I'm terrible at this everywhere else. Like in poker, I'm absolutely terrible at keeping a poker face, but in chess, it works out. Like, unless I'm completely winning or completely lost.
0: The worst poker face is Hikaru. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is,
1: like, Hikaru, I, I don't know how much is acting. Okay, he definitely... He's a showman also. Yeah, was, uh, yeah he but he,
2: definitely he, definitely he but it dates from well before his streaming days, like back in 2009, 2010. He was already doing this. So I think it's part of his character. But one of his abilities is... To go through that moment of like three five minutes of pure despair, and then come back and actually refocus, which is not so easy.
1: Yeah, he does some go through despair. I think it's maybe a bit distracting. Like I was really trying not to get distracted when I, this Army end game. Luckily, I didn't even have to like think about the position; it was so winning. But yeah, but he was really like, like just almost throwing his himself in the chair. And yeah, yeah like pure laughing rolling. again. <laughs> just yeah. I
0: remember that game against uh, what's against Nordie back? That we were watching on footage, and Hikaru was like, i not know. knowing what to, <laughs> I think to that's, touch." I think that's he's genuine. Touched. I think
1: that's genuine. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, he has these moments of panic. Yeah, uh, because he's trying to like search for any chance, but sometimes there is no chance. Yeah, um, I have to say, Magnus curses in Norwegian. He does. Yes. Okay. And I've started to notice it a lot more recently. Okay, this match like like at least five games I noticed it. Wow. Usually, when it's completely hopeless, when there's still some hope, he's he's like focused. But um, he was like cursing in that fourth yeah, game.
2: Fear is very fear. Po- yeah, it's a very popular words
1: for him. To oh, say. I don't even li- I don't even like hear the words that he yeah, said. Yeah,
2: no, because he did that in 2015 in this World Bridge Championship uh, against you, yeah. Not against me, against, oh, against Shuki. Against Shuki, yeah, but yeah. I was playing and I heard it, and ah, okay. it was a bit. This time I didn't remain unfazed.
0: <laughs> I mean, somehow the emotions are much more pronounced, yeah, uh, in rapid and blitz games than in classical. Obviously, it's true. I don't know. Everything goes by so much faster. And there's so much more tension in those. very Yeah, and pipelines. also there's
2: no time like to react. So like, because probably in classical you would just end up calling the arbiter. Like after maybe not the first time, but second or third time, I feel like I would just.
1: I mean, if, it, if I'm not in time trouble and it's completely winning, I'll just like get up and war. Like, you can suffer if you want. Yeah. And, but, uh, but
2: if, yeah, but imagine because you're the direct competitor, but if like yeah. uh, other players, players, players
1: might get bothered that's by true. this. The worst I've seen for that was Wesley and Lanier in 20, mm. say 17. They were playing a match and like they just kept escalating, banging the clock. <laughs> like, okay. I remember
2: at some point, Wesley was just like, sense on
1: each side of the table yeah. and just
2: banging the clock, yeah, and I think it was just nerves. Like is there, is there's no blame on him, but it was really distracting.
0: Well, one of them bled on the clock, like there is yeah, this famous photo hero. of having blood on the clock. I don't know. Oh was, yeah, yeah, but yeah. One
2: of
1: them bled on the clock. But it was like impossible to concentrate. It was, yeah, it was, like <laughs> the most assassin banging for a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Wesley. I, I complained about Wesley once because I haven't more them it was like, it was my time trouble, he has a minute, and he's banging the clock. And I'm sure it's nerves or whatever, but still, it's like, it's my time trouble. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I have five seconds, you have a minute, you just can't do this. Yeah. It's true. It's pretty much against the rules. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, people definitely get their emotions up. In this fast, which I understand, I also.
2: Yeah, also I know that's because in some events we had heart rate monitors and Wesley's uh, heart rate goes through the roof, even in classical game like 150, 160.
1: Well, you played the Armageddon, right? Armageddon yeah, series. Yeah. I was watching this, which is very entertaining, and I noticed the heart rates of all the players. So I can tell you who who is staying more or less low heart rate and who is going crazy. So West- Shanklin? Where, Shank, Shanky is a, he's okay, stable right he's, he's yeah. lost around 100 Richie
2: surprisingly was going very <laughs> he's high
1: He's like 180 like, <laughs> yeah. like running but sprinting no well. surprise
2: that Mickey was like
1: yeah very calm yeah and Mickey Adams right Mickey or, was good yeah Mickey, Mickey, Adams. Adams. Mickey yeah.
2: Adams yeah I was going 110 120 I you were stable yeah more or less normal that very
1: good yeah. I think yeah Shanglin was one of the best I think Andrew Tang was normal fine he was doing fine yeah, the, the most notable were Wesley and Richie just going like through the roof, 160, yeah. 170. In especially Richie. I was surprised, because
2: Wesley, we know about his nerves sometimes, especially in rapid time controls, which is, just seems unbothered in general.
1: He gets nervous during games. I can tell. It's true. Yeah, well, also maybe. it might be about physical shapers.
2: And I, I don't know how much... Uh, it's no, I him. don't think this is done to physical shape. I think this is done to... To nerves, and maybe sometimes I wouldn't say motivation, but like uh, at least getting this sense of importance to the game. Like, because I felt like, for instance, my heart rate in some of the games, for instance, my Armageddon game with Wesley, was going much higher than uh, I didn't have a heart rate monitor to confirm, but I'm pretty sure I was going 130, 140.
1: Yeah, this makes sense. Like if you're attacked by a wild animal, you're gonna sense the urgency. (laughs) Yes, yes, you will. If if you're going to, if you really care about the game, then you're going to sense the urgency. Yeah, because Armageddon
2: was a bit special because we were playing twenty minutes a day. Yeah. So you, I mean, at least I was not like entering with the sense of urgency. I was like. You know, let's play some games of chess. It is quite important. It is quite a lot of money we're playing for, but you don't have the build up. You don't have the excitement going in.
1: Yeah, I actually I enjoyed watching this format, uh, but it was short. It was just too short. It was a bit too short,
2: but it was very nice, of course, for the players. Like, But yeah, I do think it's not intense enough for a sporting event like uh, Maybe this championship to finals was a bit too too intense, but I'd rather have it too intense than not intense enough.
0: Well, it's all about the length of the broadcast. And I think this is probably what they wanted with that shorter format. It's like two hours of play, right? Yeah, of course. Um, Which is a normal game of whatever, like basketball. No, I do think
2: short format is the way to go. And that's also one of the reasons I do think that classical games should be divided
0: into five, six hours, seven hours of play. That's unwatchable.
2: I mean, the only exception I know to that was Game 6.
1: In general, the, the World, World Championship will get the numbers. But yeah, Game 6. No, but especially. it gets
2: the numbers, but people are not going to be watching for the whole six hours. Like, But at least because there was all that drama in Game 6 and it was the turning point of the match. Uh, people got there was some build-up to it, like by the end of the game. But sometimes, yeah, it just
0: six hours and, and nothing. Yeah. yeah, nothing
2: really yeah. happens.
0: You made a good point that some uh, at one moment you mentioned the 2015 World Rapid and Blitz where you were ahead one and a half points going into the final four, but you failed in that one. That leaves a scar in your memory. Uh, you said that. How do you block those type of thoughts, those type of emotions as you go into those final few games in the 2021 World Championship. Were you thinking about yeah, that? Were those well, the emotions and So when it comes to Blitz,
2: back? I'm a firm believer that you can't sense if you're going to have a good day or a bad day uh, from the beginning of the day, from the first one or two games. Uh, so of course it has its drawbacks, for instance, in the last Rapid and Blitz. On the first day of Blitz, I was feeling very well, very confident. Then second day, right as as the first two games were finished, I had lost both. I knew it was going to be a very tough day. Uh, I managed somehow to turn it around in games against Reza, but even that was a bit shaky, and then uh, I collapsed, and probably my only decent game was against you. Um... After but do you
1: really think that you can feel, I, like I never got the impression that I can feel if I'm going to have a good day or not but I do feel like nervousness definitely if you're nervous then it just completely ruins yeah, your
2: life I do know that in 2015 I was too nervous and like because I was already in the lead going in the second day and I actually built up that lead but I felt my play was not flowing as well and so one moment um, like I played with Vovk with White so which was like an easier game compared to everything I had on the day. So I felt I should push for a win. I had a better position and then I pushed, over pushed. I made some mistakes and lost. And then uh, it, like I was already derailed. Um, in Warsaw in 2021, on the contrary, the second day. First of all, we got this delay of one hour with uh, covid uh, like. But a few uh, COVID, COVID t- tests were... Uh, positive, and, like, then uh, some other players were tested, like... But they had, like,
1: t- too many people were getting tested, the lines were too long, and they just had this, like, massive delay, right? Yeah,
2: it was one hour. No, but, like, n- not everyone was tested, uh, I, and I think uh, the numbers were, like, 10% of the players were in. Were
0: infected. this mandatory, this test? No no no, 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 I didn't get tested. It's just by choice, yeah? Yeah. If you so wanted, you were... Well, I, oh, I didn't get tested. I didn't get tested, and I did. And these were like two two-hour lines I think, in the cold. Right? Yeah. I think we was posting at some point that he just. I think the won.
2: opponents of Ikawu and maybe one other player were tested. That's what was happening. So I was not tested. I got tested after the event.
1: Yeah, but I think this was probably to travel. I probably still needed to travel. Yes,
0: yes. most likely. Yeah, maybe most likely.
2: that. Yeah. So anyway, we had this huge one-hour delay. Um, and then I got this very good fortune on the first game with Boris. Uh, where he flagged... Boris Gelfand. Yeah, Boris Gelfand. I was pumped down in a QN game fighting for my life and he just flagged. And how it happened is he flags and I'm pondering over my move because thinking what should I do? It's not so easy to defend. And then I look at the clock because I'm like I'm probably down to one or two seconds and then I realize, well, someone is has less time than that. But... And then my play started flowing. And so by the end of the day, I was just thinking about my play and feeling good about my play. Moves were flowing. I had also a bit of good fortune with uh, with Levan and and with Magnus in the last round. It was like all the complicated fights were going in my favor, which is not done to luck because when I'm in good shape in Blitz, it tends to happen. But still, uh, it was very good feeling. And... For instance, when Magnus is is at his best level, it's also complicated fights tend to turn in his favor as well.
1: Yeah, some, some are almost a bit unbelievable, like this game against Richie that he played. Oh this this is of course is it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like you would think it's impossible, and no matter how good you are or how bad you are, there's nothing you can do in this situation. Yeah. But yeah, some
2: No, but also in this Pitches championship, I played with Magnus. Okay, one time I won actually. And he was not in great shape. And one. but I was I was in great shape and he actually almost turned it around like uh in the bullet section. And then last year I played with him and well he was not as dominant as against you, but uh I was feeling I was playing very well, but I didn't convert a few chances and I was done four, five games and never could recover and like, I won maybe three games in that match, which, which is insane. Like, against Tiko, I would lose lose more badly, but I would win, like, at least eight to ten games total.
1: Eight to ten games, yeah? Because mm-hmm. this is quite...
2: We don't make a lot of those with Tiko. Oh, ah, okay. It's a bit
1: yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, like, for them, it's also such a huge advantage that they have the bullet format because they can always rely on this to get back, even if the blitz isn't going too well.
2: It's true like i feel like in top shape uh okay magnus is a more comfortable op- opponent for me but ikao is just a little bit better uh everywhere and in bullet a lit, little more than a bit better and a bit faster and you know because i see all these tricks but ikao sees them as well so then this competitive advantage i have Probably even over Magnus. I don't have against Eko, so that's why I've lost four times. In I think in speech as yeah, the, 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 the speed
1: chess championship run in general is like quite. Yeah, I mean the bullet. I like. I think if you took out the bullet, we would definitely see some different results. For sure. yes. But I understand having the bullet. I mean, it, it's not like a blitz blitz uh, championship. It's a speed chess championship, so it includes no. I mean, I, well.
2: I don't mind like the bullet section at all. Uh, it's just very tough competing against uh, ASCO but you know it just means we should get better at this would you
0: consider yourself um, not necessarily obviously you are good but which one is better your online speed chess or your over the board speed chess because uh, normally I would have said over the,
2: the boards but recently I've been very uh, inconsistent uh, like I've liked cons- consistency a lot over the boards so right now I would say online. My you online. feel pretty good
0: about your online. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's a weirdest things. I I won five titles Tuesday this year. That's good. That's interesting. We demand examination. We have a good. I, I won I won three in a row. It was absolutely insane. I Are mean, you the only one? Who, sorry. No, I'm not the only one. The only won one, three, one in, three in a row. Or? I don't think so. And also, it was not really three in a row. I played so
1: like. Uh, Ah, not three in a row, three in a row that you played yourself, okay. Yeah, still pretty good. Yeah, no, that's uh, quite remarkable. Were you playing a lot when you were a kid or like, when
0: did you start playing? Uh, I was
2: playing quite a lot on ICC, but I didn't have internet at home until I was 15 or 16. Really? Wow. Yes, my parents were like, it will distract you. 9 we were
0: probably right. That's actually huge because I remember yeah. having, and we're more or less the same age. You're in October '98. I'm yeah. in mean, January '91, and I remember growing up with with internet and spending way too much time on Facebook chats and. AI yeah, MS but Facebook chats. I
2: mean, I already had internet at that moment, like um, because Facebook, I mean, it was created in two thousand four, but it became a thing in Europe in two thousand eight, more or less. So, like, uh, I got my Facebook account in 2008. So, and then I was wasting time. But I was already in uni, so, like, anyway, during. And I was studying math, but that also included uh, um, computer lessons. So, like, I was always on a computer anyway, already.
1: Hmm. Okay. Okay. Most my time was wasted on ICC. Yes. ICC, yeah. So, yes. yes. we played a lot on ICC. We as well. played
2: a lot. Adaptation,
1: yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Leon Beast, yeah.
2: No, Mateus, back then in ICC yeah. on ICC Mateo says, ah yeah
1: yeah, yeah yeah okay I remember we played a lot of bullets which I think you were heavily the favorite in and I don't know if we remember, remember I if was, we played much blitz by
2: the end I was playing mostly one zero and 3-0 yeah, pools, three the zero pools, and pools course, I think almost. it's a great stuff the pools yeah, yeah. Uh, it should be more like that on
1: chesscom I think I mean you can go inside the waiting list or whatever for yeah your... but
2: it's not the same because you can abort the games you can
1: on chess.com. I, uh, uh, yeah, the, the thing with the pool is that you're not expected to get a rematch. You just keep clicking yeah. for the pool, so you always get a different opponent. And, yes. Which is actually more fun than getting the same opponent for me personally.
2: Yeah, I think it was very, very intense. And it was just, I remember this 1 0 bullet pool. Like, Ikao was completely dominant. He was he had like high scores of uh, 3,050 or maybe 3,100. Uh, 3, and like, I was close to second with 2850. But I remember that at first I was only playing with touchpad. So my touchpad was remarkably good for me to manage uh, to get to 2820 maybe. That sounds
0: absolutely painful. <laughs> yeah,
2: but, <laughs> and I was like, I I mean, I'm doing good. I don't see what the mouse will, will bring me. And then one time I bought a mouse, I started playing and I felt. This is going to be much easier.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine playing on touchpad and bullets. It
0: just seems impossible. Or with that little scroll, red scroll on the IBM
1: laptops. I mean, you can also type the moves in, which I think is easier than touchpad at least. (laughs)
0: Ah, you could do that on ICC. No, but
2: some touchpads are impossible, but this specific touchpad was working out quite well. Like it was not, I was not losing too much time, except uh, when it came to the final seconds. This was, this was not great. Yeah, yeah.
0: I want to talk about uh, chess in France as well and the support you're getting, um, the changes that occurred after uh, uh, Ali Reza joined the team as well. You, you guys always had, uh, and, and this was at least from my perspective, a very cohesive team. Whenever you guys were participating, you guys were always having a good, having good, time, a good time. yeah, and, and also scoring very well. How is that team atmosphere? Yeah, sense?
2: we we are lacking a, a medal in an Olympiad, I think. Mm-hmm. This is the issue. We won a couple of medals in in the European Team Championship, yeah. but in Olympiad, I think our best result is seven. And like, sometimes we were actually quite close in, but to me, if we win the last match against Russia, we actually win gold, which is insane. Like, it wouldn't have been deserved. But Instead of
1: China, yeah. China won gold finally, right?
2: In Batumi. Yes, in so Batumi, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yes,
2: yeah. I think we were the closest in Tramso in 2014. Uh, we were like, more or less in the lead with two runs to go. We played China. We lose a match, we could easily have won. And then we play Russia as a reward in the last round.
1: That's bad luck. Mm.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- what about next
1: year? Is, uh, are you going to go with your strongest team?
2: I hope so. Like, I'm going... If I'm selected, let's uh, let's assume I am. Um, like I think Ali Reza is also motivated, but, you know, I cannot speak on his behalf. Yeah.
0: What happened in 2022? Uh, that was the first year where you and Alireza both could have participated. Yeah.
2: Team. Uh, for me, what happened is I was just very, very scared of the weather conditions in, in Chennai. Yeah, I just saw Chennai in August and, like, the decision was given in May, like we took the final decision in May. And at that moment in Chennai, it was like 45 degrees, 45 to 50 degrees every day. I'm like, I cannot play a tournament in such conditions. And also because, of course, I enjoy playing for the French team, but I don't want to jeopardize my career. And like a few days after there was a Grand Chess win in, in St. Louis. And I had a lot at stake, like I needed to to get into top three to to qualify for the next year. Like that's also issues because I've lost quite a decent amount of rating. So before that, like, uh, I didn't need to care too much about getting qualified for tournaments. I would just get invited because of my rating, but... Uh, and
1: finally, you did get second place in the Grand Tour, right?
2: Third and second I oh, Wesley
1: got
0: second. And I think so, was so, yeah. So, you got second this year as well, which qualifies you to do a. Uh, yeah, the I've next been re-
2: remarkably years. consistent in Manchester. I've had like five second places. That's great. <laughs> yeah,
0: but never won. Okay, yeah. okay. That's interesting. And it's how is
2: your. Your, uh, it's your first win in Manchester, or maybe yeah, second? Yes. First, no, first, first win, first win.
1: Yeah. Your closest was in 2019. We already mentioned the tournament, right? When you were playing Ding in the final.
2: Yeah, but I got smashed by Ding. I think the closest was 2018, with my final match against Chicago. This was oh, much yeah, yeah,
1: you got to the final twice, yeah, against yeah. Hikaru and against Sting. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. you were playing. You played I was Hikaru. playing. I, I lost Hikaru in the first. Yeah, yeah. I beat Levon for the relevant third, third place. place.
0: Yeah. And, and you uh, played Hikaru. That it, was actually right after the match. 2018.
1: Yeah, yeah, right after the match.
0: I was, you actually went back to the US and then
1: came back like a week later. To yeah, Atlanta. to the same place. <laughs> it was a bit of a strange... I kind of wanted to play, but it was a bit of a strange... Uh, Journey back, yeah yeah back and forth uh, didn't really on. look I didn't look at chester in that <laughs> oh yeah
2: <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about that uh, that match was very intense
0: how's uh how's Reza coming along within the french team uh like
2: when he played in 2021 it went extremely well he was very comfortable we made him at his like um I think now also he's getting more comfortable with French language. So the problem I have with Alireza is that well, for like the last past four years, I've been speaking only in English with him. So it's very hard to, to switch back to another language, right? If you start speaking with someone in English and then you go back to, to French, it feels completely unnatural.
1: So yeah. in the team meetings uh, with him, it's it's all French and he is... He's doing
2: his best. Too. We were doing in English in 2021, but uh, next year, I, th- I suppose we will do French.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in mm-hmm. sense. How important is the captain for the French team? Captain uh, is
2: paramount. We've had Sebastian as uh, our main captain for the past Mazze, 10 years. Yeah? Sébastien Mazze. Yeah. And it's gone very well. Like, again, we are, we're having a good time, but we are serious when it comes to, you know,
0: What's the role of uh, the captain for your team? Because I know John Donaldson is paramount as well for the American team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it adds... It's really it. about atmosphere and like... Uh,
2: because I noticed, for instance, when it came to the US team, especially in 2016, it felt like there were clans between the players and like uh, some players were not simply not speaking to each other and... Felt bad because it is a team competition after all, and maybe you know it's an impression from from the outside. Maybe it was not justified, but it's No, I, yeah,
1: I mean the U.S. It relations... It probably are, had some truth to it. Yeah, they're they're always a bit complicated. I mean, uh, so Hikaru was playing in 2016. Wesley, Sh- uh, Shackleman, yes, Ray uh, Robson and, and Ray. Yeah, that was the whole team,
0: right, Am I That's when you guys won. Yeah, yeah that's And our captain
1: course. and. Uh, our Captain John J D, John Donaldson. but who was the coach? Hess, right? Hess was Robert was the not coach. the coach of the women's team. Uh maybe I'm he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Then Lenderman? Oh, yeah, Alex Lenderman. Sorry. Sorry, if that's not that Alex. <laughs> uh, he was the coach. Yeah, the US team Yeah, it's always been complicated. Um because I, I've never had like an issue with people. Um but there was definitely a time when I think Carter was not like uh, not that we had unfriendly terms or anything, but right? I don't think that he was like super fond of me. And uh, I and like Shanklin as well. Uh, so anyway, that's irrelevant yeah. but, but, uh, No
2: French team of course we would play cards, we we play table tennis. We yeah, play, those are always the real you know, guys are having
0: a good time all the time. Yeah,
2: yeah, we we have all these side activities but okay when it comes down to actually uh, playing uh, the games we we know
0: We need to to focus. We need to training camps before. Uh,
2: We did a few times, but not recently. Because I think that
0: adds a layer of. Yeah, but the thing is
2: we like we know each other for like 10, 15 years, especially like we had this backbone like we had Laurent, we had Etienne and me. Mm -hmm. were like those three players who were playing more or less all the time. especially in Olympiads. And so this brings like already a solid uh, yeah,
0: solid field yeah, to, yeah. to rely yeah. on. You have
2: the captain and like we've known each other for the past. I mean, Laurent and Etienne have known each other for the past 25 years. For me, maybe it's 15 years, but still it's um, solid background. And then all the players, like all the new additions, Should it be Maxim? Should it be Jules? We also know them for for a very long time.
0: Jules Moussard, Uh Maxim Lagarde, and actually another player that's coming along, it's Maurizi, the new world junior champion. Yes,
2: this is a player I know the least, but still, even then, I've seen him in some tournaments since he was 11, 12. Now he's, I think, 16. So, uh, you know, still, uh, it's quite easy to incorporate uh, him in the team. and so far he managed very well when he played, uh, I think he played two times for the team, maybe three even. Uh, so what's his rating? Which board would he be currently? Uh, his rating is like 25...
1: 80 or so? Yeah, or
2: something, something like
1: that. Like that. He, he played in the country section. Yeah, he did well. I oh, no, he started well. He and started he very well. Yeah, he and he yeah. collapsed.
2: Well, you know, when you're, you're a young player it can happen. Yeah. But he at least he showed the can do it like.
1: Uh, yeah, he has some promise for sure. Yeah. But the, so the team now would be that uh, you would be on first board and Etienne on second board because Etienne is now having well, well, Alianza, right? Alireza. Alireza. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're forgetting Alianza. No, f- f- first
2: board is first of all not easy to determine. Yeah. I think it will go on current shape. Like we will see how it goes uh, beginning of 2024. Because uh, if I do well, if that does well. It, is good of course and if one of us doesn't do well also you can devise strategies like you can get someone to vote for to to work up the points it could be but of course like against the top teams anyway there's no weak points
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: but you would also want like the top guys on the first two boards yeah because but... your openings are a bit more fleshed out at the moment like like let's say you you and Ali Reza. Etienne is a little bit less of an active player and his openings might not be as secure against...
2: It's true, but for instance, Laurent, you might want him to be in a role of solid player looking for draws, like he's been doing that very successfully and sometimes winning games. So uh, It really comes down to, to a lot of parameters. I think this will be one of the most difficult team composition we'll have to... To do with all the players. Uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, uh, it's very good thing. Uh, and we do, and I do feel like we could have a very strong team. like Because Ali Reza is at um very average, mediocre year, but he's only 20. And I mean, I wouldn't rule him out at all. Like, I think it goes down to a few moments of, you know, turning points and then he can roll back again towards uh, 27, 17, 27, 80
0: easily. What about you? You've had a pretty rough year also in classical chess. Uh, you're 33. How is your motivation right now? How, how are your motivation levels? Right
2: yeah, now? I've been talking about consistency and l- l- the lack of uh, in the past few years. It's. I mean, there have been few, ch- few changes in my uh, environment, uh, coaching environment and so on. And uh, I do think I, I learned a lot in the past couple of years. And I do hope that some of these learnings will come to fruition. And uh, yeah, my main axis of work will be to regain this consistency. I've been sorely lacking in the last uh, couple of years, because I think like, again, I've won really a lot of events in the past three years. Like since COVID, I've won at least four or five
1: events. And this gives some confidence as well.
2: It means I can do well. Like, of course, and there's the AI Cup where I beat Magnus twice. So, you know, and Magnus in this format is like the most... very difficult to beat. Yeah, the most difficult opponent you can have. So I know when I'm at my best, I can beat absolutely anyone. So, yeah, it gives confidence. But it also means that it shouldn't happen that I have these tournaments where I'm playing... uh, not only average because average can happen. It always happened to me to play average, but really below par. This this shouldn't happen.
1: So so what are your goals for the next year, uh, or like the tournaments that you're going that you're really focusing on or looking forward to the most?
2: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting because there's no there's no candidates qualification this year, so it's really gonna be down to Guancho for me. Um, probably some rapid events because I do believe the trend is going for for rapid. At the moment classical is uh getting uh outshined, let's say. Um and yeah, if we're talking numericals, I would hope to be back to top ten in classical. Uh between five and ten, let's say. I think uh more than I mean better than top five will be difficult. But five to ten would be good. And yeah, I mean, Olympiads, of course, I'll be focusing on. Uh, so that's why I'm hoping we'll have the best team.
1: So wait, next year there's there's no candidates qualification. There well. is candidates, basically. No, I mean, there's candidates, yeah. but there's, and then there's a mm-hmm. match. Yeah. Match it's supposed to be next year as well? Probably. Yeah.
2: And it was an issue for me in 2018 where I missed out on qualification to candidates, but like so, uh, the thinnest of margins everywhere. Um, that there was no candidates events, uh, unlike, so I was lacking motivation because I had a very exhausting year in 2017, so 2018. I was just relying on basically my, my knowledge of 2017 and it worked out quite well, but then 2018, 19 was tough.
1: Uh, uh you, you worked less during the last year.
2: Yeah. And then 2019 I was working a lot, but then the last few months were crazy. I played five out of the last six months and uh, all very important events
1: the grand chess tour that we mentioned grand yeah, Manchester, course, no.
2: but then uh, there was the fide grand prix there was the fide world cup i didn't play the grand Prix because uh it was one week after the world cup where i played this match for third place which didn't make but any finally sport. you did qualify for the Candidates.
1: yeah <laughs> well <laughs> it was insane yeah which i think people viewed as sort of like just in a way, even though it was by the most unusual way right now. Yeah. But because you were very, very close in every possible format that you eventually got in. Yeah,
2: at least it was not like... I think I was first reserved in basically every other format, so it couldn't be like uh, someone else uh, uh, replacing Was that considered a wild card at that point? was... Kirill alexenkov was a wild card. Who? Kirill Alexenko. Okay,
1: Alexenko. Yeah. So the so the wild card was going to be Russian no matter what. Right. But the uh, qualification to be a wild card, you had to be eligible. Was that you yeah. had to get top three. He got a, somewhere, or, or somewhere or yeah, it was not it was not even about the waiting already. Like no, it, it. wasn't that. So he got he got third in, in Grand uh, Swiss. In Grand Swiss, um, so he got the wild card, and then yeah. you got in because uh job of with pulled out of the event. And that
2: was first reserved by waiting.
1: Yeah, so, so by rating. Okay. Yeah. And so it was a And you were leading spot. for for most of the event. Um so how do you be actually I was uh, thought this was always very interesting because this you were leading beating Neppo halfway through when they yeah. when they cut <laughs> <got> it off <all laughs> halfway. <laughs> like how do you view this um this tournament both parts and also the decision to actually cut it in half
2: the decision didn't shock me because back then we had a lot of uncertainties like it was clear it would be tough to even uh, go back to France or for you to the US if we didn't stop the tournament like clearly borders were closed simply closing and I like I didn't even envision myself spending two months in Russia Um, so you know it was uncertain times we didn't know the extent Of COVID, we didn't know, uh, like, uh, when we first heard about COVID, like in January, like we were in Gibraltar, some guys were freaking out because there were some Chinese players playing there. I was like, okay, guys, relax. Well, then a few months later, I was not relaxing. Then I was maybe relaxing a bit more, but I mean, still COVID proved to be pretty serious. We had to, to do a lot of things to to get it uh, constricted a bit. Uh, it took some time. It took some re-evaluation because, well, the death rate and so on, like it was not always certain of what it was going to be. Um, so, I mean, the decision to stop the tournament is normal. Did, did I don't think it broke me, but it did help Nepo in, insight, in hindsight. Like, of course, he was getting a bit under the weather. He had lost his game. This critical game with me. If he had drawn it, then basically tournament would have been more or less over. Like, yeah, Uh, even though it's only one point, it's one point is a lot because then I had four blacks left. Uh,
1: I feel like this was a very critical, yeah, for him because he was definitely not in the right state of mind after this. Definitely not. And I don't know about your state of mind, but it must have been relatively positive.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it was all positive. So I learned I was going to play. I was in vacations in the US in February. I come back, um, like, uh, I'm on my flight from New York to Paris. I arrive, then I'm in the taxi, and I get this uh, message from Emil Sutovsky, which tells me, well, it's not official yet, but you might get in. At first, I thought it meant that Ding was not going to make it because China had all this... Really big protective measures, but turns out it was not ding. Uh, and like he confirmed to me the day after. So basically, I I think I arrived on the fourth or fifth of March. Um, so in the matter of one day, okay, I had warned uh, Etienne, of course, uh, my manager and everybody to you know to get the visas if it comes down to this, to check the flights, to know when I would arrive, and so on. And what I would do in terms of preparation as well, because, well, this was not planned out and the tournament was starting two weeks later and I strive on urgency. Like, I don't think it's a good thing necessarily, but sometimes when it you need to put yourself in emergency mode, suddenly I was in like, it was six, seven hours a day of chess and then uh, going to get the visa and then getting my flight, playing some training games. And, it, and also in terms of opening, it, it all turned out perfectly because I had some odds, of course, but, you know, everything that uh, we were looking at and ended up matching and, uh, uh, we had this, um, and then because Jan had played the French, we could spend the rest of the day looking at the French. It was not even the initial plan to play E4, but uh, we had one Wednesday so uh,
1: French was uh, was Your good Europeans, news Europeans went very like also against Grishuk in the Berlin endgame I was I was kind of surprised because you had so little time to prepare but then when you came there like this was white.
2: this was earlier like this was so
1: you had some reserve ideas that were also yeah yeah
2: well on Berlin endgame especially like uh, because back then I was the only one playing it with white so of course I was uh, out preparing um a lot of players also because they were lacking the experience from the black side of because Berlin. nobody plays against them yeah <laughs> uh and then the second half yeah probably we had these moments like in september they were telling us it might uh re- resume in november and so on like so, so the, it was first they told us georgia
1: yeah was that like they wanted us to go not to like a capital city in Georgia, but to some resort in the mountains, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. It was some weird preliminary ideas. And okay, finally they put us in the same place.
2: Yeah. Mm. And so it was like, yeah, very and off And in terms of preparation, it kind of disrupted me. I was still very serious, of course, about my chest, but uh, it just didn't pan out. But, you know, it's definitely have like a few critical moments when it went wrong of course against you yeah i think this
1: was uh this was obviously this the, was a very important game yeah for, for and, and
2: i did everything right for a while until i didn't yeah like, uh, and then the send game i could have held it as well like but i could definitely have lost it and i ended up losing it um and then i think the, the last throw was against sasha where we were going full blooded fight. And at some point, I have more or less a guaranteed draw, but I'm still going for it
1: because I know I need a win. Oh, this was the knight c3, b3, e, d4 line. Yeah, yeah. 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 E4, c5, knight c3, d 4 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this crazy game. I was like, didn't understand a single thing that was happening when you were yeah.
2: playing. I mean, I was, I was actually pretty close to lost at some point, but then I came back. And at this moment, I started playing for a win and it didn't pan out. And then I won two games in the last three, but it was too late. Like, uh, Jan had built it up his lead and he lost the last game. So it shows the margin because I'm sure that if he needs to draw, he will be more focused for sure. Like, he, maybe he loses, but not in the way he did.
1: Yeah, the last game was for him not very relevant. That's yeah. true.
2: And also, Anish was ahead of me before the last game and he lost it. To Grishuk? No, to Kirill.
1: Wait, when did he lose to Grishuk? Oh, that wasn't the last. That was the pre- before the last game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah.
2: Against Kirill, it was this uh, four Sicilian with e6, which is very topical now. And I think Anish played a3 and got outplayed more or less.
1: I mean, I lost against Anish playing a3 in four Sicilian. Are you mixing up these games? Uh, against Kirill. I mean, I'm I-
2: pretty sure I'm not, but I mean. Because I, I I know your game against Anish, but it was very different.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember his game. I remember Kirill's game against you, where he lost like within ten moves in the Caro. Yeah, con.
2: And actually fought on like, yeah, became very close to to a draw.
1: But I thought like at the end of his tournament, it was just getting a bit random. Like, and we order. had one who was like, why, who didn't yeah.
2: know what he was, why he was playing there.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, he
2: just didn't want to be there. Well, like, the good left. thing is like after that he was broken, but he got back to. Spirits later
1: on. You mean after the tournament?
2: After the tournament, he just retired from chess. Like he, he he, in front of me. tournament, he was. No, uh, during. The, but I'm saying, like one, two years later,
0: he. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Slowly coming back, I guess. Uh, yeah,
2: he did play Norwegian chess. He played yeah. some other events. He felt happy. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Like where at I the end of the recently. day, that's the
2: most important, right?
1: Yeah, where did I see him
0: recently? He played something recently, right? I cannot remember. Now, I, I don't want to uh, touch on this point before we uh, move on, uh, because we've been talking openings and uh, preparation. Conceptually, you're a very interesting player, because with Black Pieces, you play the Nidorf, the Grunfeld, and then occasionally you dabble in other stuff, but mostly the Neidorf and the Grunfeld. It how has evolved you, a bit
2: lately, but yes.
0: How did you develop that? Strategy, I guess. And how did you decide to stick with it? Because it, it was, was as a
2: young, it was as a young player. I just felt very comfortable in bus openings, uh, but things changed gradually, especially in the Grandford. I remember in 2007, 2008, I was just playing some very random line. I think bishop c492 line was very topical at the time. I was playing some random line with bishop d7. And I was winning all my games simply with it so you know. I was getting worse position, but I felt like I was handling them better. It was the same with Nidoff. I would often get out prepared, uh notably by this guy to my left. <laughs>
1: and we had a period before when you were beating me Nidor?
2: Is that yeah, but you were out preparing me and then I would just um be more comfortable and Yeah. And just uh navigate the complications better. And like same uh, against Anish there was one very big game in Norway Chess. this is a this is Bishop g5 line yeah, yeah. this as is famous bishop, where he wanted to sack the queen but I didn't play it I played something that loses by force but he didn't punish
1: yeah he basically like the first move out of his prep went from winning to losing right uh, to worse uh, yeah. yeah But it, I mean it was to be fair a very complicated position it was very yeah. complicated
2: and, and he knew it and he thought for 40 minutes but it didn't matter um But now I think the computers being what what they are, you cannot get out of your opponent's preparation like you, if you play the force move of the computer will still be uh, very much in your opponent's comfort zone. So, and they know the plans better. They've, and the computers don't make mistakes now. Back even in 2016, they were making mistakes.
0: They can prepare deeper, faster also. Yeah, faster. They can cover yeah. much more ground much faster yes, nowadays. Yes, and
2: pick some sub and sometimes pick some main lines. So that means that I had to, out of necessity. And also because the main lines changed, which means that, especially in Grenfell, my comfort zone was not the same in some lines than in the main ones back 15 years ago. Already 10 years ago, it had changed. And I mean, I do remember I had these experiences in 2013 World Cup. I didn't feel like playing Neidorf and Grandfather. I ended up playing Karo and Slav. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Not only you. Which, which actually worked. I guess. It, it worked. I ended up in semi-finals, my first semi semi-finals in World Cup. And I lost to Vladimir.
1: But, Vladimir Kramnik. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Who won it, finally?
2: Like I saw him at the airport um, before uh, in Paris, because he was still living in Paris, I think, at the time. And he said, yeah, I'm just going to get my qualification by waiting. I'm a tourist there. I'm, don't, you won't see me next week. Well, wow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no, he he did amazing. He beat Andrejkin very convincingly in the final. Yeah, yeah. And against me, it
2: was very convincing. Yeah, cause very impressive. Like yeah. in the tie breaks, I was actually doing very well. And against him, I didn't have a chance.
1: I think people, now that he's retired, do forget a little bit about how strong he was. Like, well, how, I mean. how incredibly strong. He got 13... In, no, in the, the problem is we get, the, uh, like, instant like
2: time judgment, like...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the issue now, that basically people's attention span in chess is really, like, the last week, maybe even the last game. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. maybe, let's say, the last three months, but, but you don't think about what a player has achieved over the past few years, or and like when we we talk about Vladimir over the past 20 25 years i don't think it's only in chess I it's think not it's only in chess in, it's, in general i in think any it's sport, so, it's a social media thing i think beca- because you you get so much more attention on what is currently happening and you and you don't get to have time to ponder over it This week's news yes. cycle
0: basically
2: and yeah it's not something i enjoy so much like i think there should be time to Reflect on things. Uh, should it be your chess? Should it be on uh, the current news? And to just let it go on you, like to let you think about it, to let you think about what it means, to let you think about what you should do. To because long term is still like much better than very short term. Like you, you want to do something that is right for you in the
0: long term, not. Speaking of these uh, long-term <coughs> uh, time frames that you're very much pointing out, you're also one of the few top players that finished a degree. Uh, you have a Correct. math degree. When did you finish that? At what age? Did 2010.
2: You that? We were talking about that with Fabi. I said my memories of, um, of my math studies are fading uh, very much now. I was 20.
0: 20 when you finished it. Yeah. So you started very early on. 17. Yeah? 17, wow. Yeah. Precocious, very precocious. Yes.
1: There's been a lot of mathematics talk in the chess world. <laughs> yes. We don't have to get into that. Uh, That's yeah. That's
2: no, a... uh, I'll just say this. When it comes to statistics, I wouldn't touch them with a the poll because it's so difficult. And like, it's not even that it's really difficult, it's just so easy to make mistakes. Um, because of some implied things that you you forget. Um, so yeah, I I would leave that to seasoned mathematicians. And I think even they make mistakes sometimes.
1: I think even, like I started to think about it, not to get too deep into the subject, but maybe, maybe it's not helpful at all. Like maybe statisticians also won't help. Chess players can't do it, clearly. Uh, statisticians probably won't be able to apply apply statistics to these things because I don't even know, because yeah as you said it's based on some implied things which we can't even figure out, I think Rishuk said the same thing it's like, it's based on how likely is a person to actually cheat and this is based on their character right, it's like how are we going to possibly calculate this? No
2: but there are also like very famous things that were happening back in 1950, 1960, some results that mathematicians didn't understand and when they got to the root of it, they understood, but it was like not obvious at all. Uh, I don't remember the exact details, but uh, like, there are some very famous.
1: There's this very famous one. Um, I mean, you, you probably know the Monty Hall. Oh, oh, this... Yeah,
2: but this is kind of easy.
1: Yeah? Like this when is you easy. have doors, yeah? Yeah, but this like, I don't know which year it was, but there was this woman who's probably still alive, Marilyn Vos Savant. Yeah, and she was like writing a column in some newspaper, which I don't remember, uh, where people would ask questions and she would answer them and someone posed this question, like you have you have three doors, uh, behind two is nothing or whatever, like a goat, and behind one is uh, like a lot of money mm-hmm. and there's a, a, a game show host that says pick a door. So you pick a door and then before uh, the game show host opens this door, the game show host who knows where everything is opens another door, not the yeah. one that you picked, and behind it is nothing, mm-hmm. and says, okay, now would you like to, me to open the door you picked or do you want to change your choice? Mm-hmm. And so this was the question posed, and she, and she answered that, uh, yeah, of course you should change your your door, and then every mathematician in the world, not I mean, I'm exaggerating, but like hundreds of mathematicians uh, were like, what kind of idiot are you? Like, obviously, I mean, it doesn't change your... Your chances it doesn't change anything, no. but, yeah. but it does. It does.
2: And it becomes obvious if you do it not with three doors, but with 100. Like you have one car and 99 goats, let's say. So you remove 98 doors uh, that are goats. And now you will definitely want to change
1: the door because you get so much more information. Yeah, yeah it's, it's based on, maybe it's like a misunderstanding. No, it's based, it's, based,
2: on... it's based on the fact that basically, if you choose the right door to begin with, then you lose. But if you choose the wrong door to begin with, then by changing, you win. So you get two chances out of three instead of one out of three. If you go to 100 doors, then the chance you pick the right door is one out of 100. And then if you do the change while you have the car to begin with, you lose. But in the other 99 cases, you choose a goat, then 98 goats get removed, but it doesn't matter because you know by changing, you will get the car. So that's that's that.
0: How would you uh, say going through university, going through that experience, changed your perspective of everything? I think it
2: was very good for me because, first of all, um, I didn't want to be fully immersed into the chess world, being only talking with chess people. Not that it's it's great, but um, you get certain perspectives uh, when you go out in other in other areas and I think it did change me a bit and I didn't want to focus like six seven hours of chess every day this I didn't want to do uh, at the time I probably still don't want to do like not every day at least so so yeah and I enjoy math like I definitely like will turn math into a hobby once I'm retired.
0: You like it, you enjoy it. Did it make your decision to pursue chess as a career easier or harder?
2: I think by the end of my uh, three years, uh, license, as we call it in French, I was pretty uh, sure I would go into chess, try my luck. I I had done 2700, I just won the World Junior Championship. You know, I mean, if I'm not trying it out, then, then who will, like, uh, uh, so...
0: Which junior championship are you talking about? Are you talking about 2010 Argentina?
2: Uh, 2009,
0: but yes, Argentina. 2009, that was Argentina, yeah. right? I was there as well. Yeah. Uh, probably the, the most fun event I've ever had, actually. Yeah,
2: it's. Uh, I ended up sharing a room with two other French players. <laughs> I mean, with a coach... And with uh, the other French guy who was playing, that was a bit insane, but it worked out in the end. Yeah, yeah I remember uh, you and the coach was, was famously Anochar. So yeah. <laughs> maybe I don't know who that is, but, but I have no
1: idea. You don't know who Anochar is? <laughs> I don't think. So. Oh, well, this is the great
2: 2010, 2010 Olympics ah, in
0: Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So he this is, is the, the captain. coach. Yeah, he's yes,
1: it was
2: okay. my coach. Yeah.
0: He was feeding
1: them the moves, right? The, well, it was, was a part three, of the, uh, three the project. Yeah. The player, Feller, the captain, and somebody back and home Marzolo. Yes. Yeah. And who was giving the moves to Ashard. And he, they had some system where you stand behind a chair. and a I something. mean, we,
2: we actually don't have confirmation of that. Like, uh, we just know, basically, the texts were being sent in. Um, someone was receiving them. Probably Arnaud could also be a uh, failure as well.
1: Mm. Oh, you think he could have gotten it directly.
2: It's not impossible. Uh, but like, of course, rules were like, at least some things changed. I don't think uh, enough things changed in the chess world after that. But um, back then it was possible basically to bring your fun to the playing world, which is... Uh, yeah. Did you, did you
0: feel something is wrong during the I didn't the
2: and also before the last one because um the moment they realized uh, I mean the French uh, uh president of federation realized something was going on uh, I mean I won't get into the details it was by pure accident they just uh, um, went over the text message that were being sent uh, through Marzolo um so they realized this before the last round, where the worst day before the last round. And then uh, Arnaud told the team that Sébastien was feeling ill and was not going to play the last round. And we were like, he's our best, is our top scorer. If we win the match, we, we get third place probably. I mean, yeah. let him play, yeah? <laughs> what is it like, is he dying or something? No, he's not dying. Let him play. And uh, well, final decision was made that he doesn't play. Okay, we were a bit shocked. Then three months later, like um, the Federation started talking to us because they didn't know how to handle this. Like, first of all, they didn't want to make it public while in Russia. They were very scared for, very concerned for actually their... Safety, yeah. Yeah, all their the safety there. So they decided to to ponder things over in France and that's when they were like, um, the players fought back. So they decided... To actually claim they were not cheating and just um, threaten to sue. So and sounds,
1: then, sounds familiar. Yeah. No, uh, uh, but also
2: I mean the legal proceedings lasted for almost ten years, and there were some very very unpleasant complications. Uh, for for me, for instance, I got my luggage stolen in one of the tournaments.
0: Yeah, I remember that
1: story. Actually. Because you you were a witness.
2: I was a witness, and. It was right at the end of the French championship. And then the very next day I was going to the world cup.
1: Ah, uh, and that's the moment when you lost your luggage. Yeah, lost.
2: Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, basically the information we got from the police is that one particular person got the, you know, all inclusive pa- hotel pass. So like from the reception, because they claimed they had lost their key. And the way it was working is they gave a key that could open all the doors. That's um,
0: very sketchy. Yeah. yeah. France, good security. <laughs> well. Uh, <laughs> very sketchy. <laughs> I don't think... How does think that, that work? Where do you get this uh, full-on package? Uh, yeah, and
2: then uh, this door was... Te- I mean, this key was tested to open one door and then mine. So we know more or less... Uh, uh, we know more or less who were the, the people involved in that. But yeah, then did you uh, receive any threats uh, no any like so then I just like of course I, I was motivated first um, but it lasted six months one year and I didn't receive answers and like my play was deteriorating uh, at a very rapid state so I just thought okay like I'll let it go because it's getting complicated and I'll just focus on my chess, and it worked out in the end yeah Yeah. well um uh...
0: I think that's that's more or less it. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground. We we even talked about cheating, cheating in the past, cheating in the present. We didn't really touch too much on it. Yeah, have, I want think to that's say anything good. About it or like?
2: No, I mean in general, I don't think it should be about any particular players. Uh, I've covered this subject on Twitter notably, like. I think we ultimately we want chess to become a I mean chess tournaments to become a safe space for players because not only do you you do not want to have cheaters at your events but also you do not want people who perform well uh to be immediately accused of cheating oh, and it did, happened yeah. very recently Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And And you don't want
1: people to be paranoid that they might be the subject of suspicion just because they're having good results. Yes, and you do
2: not want people to be paranoid because they think their opponent might be cheating. So like, for instance, when in the World Cup there was no broadcast delay, I thought it was insane. I mean, it's not like the one measure that will solve our problems, but it's one of the main that we need yeah broadcast
0: delay that's one of the things that I think right
2: now we cannot allow spectators in events anymore like in the World Cup there were spectators in a lot I don't think that's really possible not in the playing hall at least
1: yeah they should have a spectator zone with TVs yeah
0: but that's going to be very tricky I mean take Grand for example during Poland during uh, Warsaw you will always have especially rapid and Blitz you will play in this like big theater with a bunch of spectators. I they, could, they could do it so that it's blacked out though. Yeah. Somehow, yeah. Somehow I that think has they, to be the case. but There you know, are
2: some possibilities and like they would get the interaction anyway at the end of the game and they could have a spectator zone. Like it's possible to devise something out.
1: I don't think it's so difficult. Like if you have, for example, Poland we have basically a stage. Yes. Like a theater stage. Theater stage. Yeah. So the lights shine on the theater stage. Yes everything else is black, there's no way to see what's in the audience. It's like a movie theater. Right. Yeah. You, they could see the stage, but you can't see in the audience for sure. Right. It can be pitch black or it can be close to it.
0: Maybe Not that's a bad example. Yep. But for example, in India, yeah. at the Olympia I've heard there were a lot of spectators.
1: Okay, I, I don't think that what happened during the Olympiad in India should actually happen. I think that it was just very bad. I don't know if they could have made it better. I, I mean, I think they did their best. But the conditions were actually almost unplayable. Yeah, I
2: when I played in India this year, they had volunteers to actually separate the quad from the players. Like, it, we, they were forming a human chain, and we could navigate through it. Yeah, this shouldn't mm. happen. Also, like... But during, this... No, so but this was, was, like, working decently, that's what I mean. Like,
1: Yeah, but still, this shouldn't be the... Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, during the Olympiad, like, I could not... Pretty much. Also, the the
2: anti-cheating measures at this tournament in India, like, were non-existent. So, yeah, Yeah, that's what we're talking about. So, I think organizers should take this much more seriously. Like, at least with Grand Chess Tour, they have been taking that into account. And of course, here, I think this is the safest
0: I felt.
1: Here, I think here on the Grand Chess Tour is more or less the same measures. Like, they have the same scanner. Well, especially
0: in the uh, single cup.
1: You're talking well, about yeah. the branches. Yeah, in Singfield years. Cup, yes. all, all the Saint Louis events have the same measures. Yeah, but mm.
2: for instance, in Europe, I don't think we have the same scanners. Not yeah, the same they, scanners. they
1: need to invest in these scanners. I, I mean, they're they're expensive, but but they're a good investment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, twenty grand, I think, for a scanner. Yeah, okay, it's expensive, but it's a good investment. Yeah, it's a tax. And also,
2: it can work for all the events in Europe, so it's possible.
1: to... Yeah, I, I know that they had this for the World Cup, but they had non yeah. jun- non-linear junction scanners, which which, if something conducts electricity, an electrical signal, then it detects that. Yeah. I think that's basically. I mean, that's it. what I've been told. But yeah. It. I don't know the details of it, but yeah. that's what it is.
2: Um, so, yeah, a combination of many things might at least make chess safer. And that's over the board. Online, I think it's pretty much impossible to guarantee, bearing a very, very powerful algorithm that will detect any cheating
1: that I don't think. If that, that anyone could develop has, that at some point. Yeah. No, I think they just need to mitigate. So just make it as difficult as possible. Cameras. Yeah.
2: yeah. And like, But I do think that it's preferable to have hybrid types of tournaments where you, you have to go to, to a location or you need to have an arbiter present uh, at your own. But of course, it requires extra costs. So.
1: Actually, tell me. So just uh, specifically about technology for online events, 360 cameras do exist, right?
2: But I mean, they do, yes. so but okay. I, I, mean, as long as you're not being checked by someone, you can just have an a earpiece. Yes.
1: Okay, that, that you can't do anything about. Yeah. yeah. I it's mean, simple. it's simply
2: easier. So you can have something in your shoe.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's No, I'm just talking about mitigation.
2: Like preventing yeah. The, the... Yeah, but when happens. people decide to devise a system, like
0: you cannot actually yeah. do really anything. Yeah. You have to involve uh, algorithms at that point.
2: Algorithm or physical presence. That's why. Well, but you presence.
0: cannot have physical it, presence
1: with. It's difficult. If you right? combine players, you can. So yeah. They would have to set up a no, location it. where players play. For and time. I mean, I do
2: understand it requires a very costly investment. So, like, it's not something probably that Chess.com, like Chess.com, doesn't want to do if they don't feel it's absolutely necessary, basically. Yeah. It's because true. it's probably we're talking millions probably.
1: Uh, or or just difficult for the players. Like let's imagine also difficult for the players. And you have centralized locations where they have an arbiter. Okay, the arbiter is not going to Yeah, you. but then it's very difficult for the players. Yeah.
2: Like because you probably have one location in Europe, maybe two in the US. Or, Something like that. Yeah. So players have to travel. Some will have to travel. And uh, maybe between Asia, yeah. It's very difficult. Yeah, because sometimes players were also playing these tournaments while playing their own tournament. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's no, true.
0: that's the thing. Big investments from the organizer's perspective but also from the player's perspective which probably will limit but at the same
2: time when you think about every other esports they're playing these events from physical locations so I think a good step in this direction is that we don't have six events for the Chess tour next year but four so it's better to do less of them but uh, do them well
0: but then you're going to limit participation like you're not going to have the same numbers of players I know like I played in this plane. Not everything's, uh, not every solution's ideal, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's
2: about choices. And of course, like, I mean, again, cheating is very rampant. Yeah, I mean, like, we've had uh, our own estimations of online cheating in Title Tuesdays. Like, um, you know, it's basically, and for me, when it comes to, like, let's say the Top 50, top 100 players, regulars in Title Tuesday, I would say um, like that's really 30%, which is
1: a lot. You believe 30% of the top 100 players in the world, or top 100 players in Title Tuesday? In Title okay. Tuesday. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. And and that's online. And then over the board, like again, I might be on the upper side of paranoia. I don't know, but I do think there are some ungodly things happening uh, at some uh, oh, you. sometimes yeah and also it's a very difficult subject over the board because there's been very natural improvement because people have access to better hardware to better software to better information and especially since COVID they worked a lot more so there's been natural improvement for a lot of players um, but some things uh, also do not feel very right yeah so like but it's just a feeling. I mean, I don't have time to do statistics or whatever to to back things up. And again, even with statistics, I would use uh, more than a grain of salt.
0: Well, Maxim, um, if uh, if we don't cut it off right now, you're probably going to miss your flight. So yeah, uh, <laughs> we're gonna let you go. Thanks. It a was for, pleasure uh, being here. Joining for us. In, joining us. For
2: this. Yeah, I wanted to be on the pod. So. It's there a good you go. thing it happened.
0: We've made it. We've made it happen. Yeah. Well, great having you. And uh, have a safe flight.
2: Yeah, thank you.